Welcome to the Campus Outreach Podcast, where we want to equip you to make your college years count for eternity. I'm your host, Tyler Rollison, also known as T-Roll, and today I'm joined by a very good friend of mine, uh, a new neighbor of mine, a new resident here in the city, the great city of Carrollton, the city of dreams, my good friend Joel Ledbetter, who is the area director over West Georgia and Barry College here in Campus Outreach, Birmingham. Joel, this is your first time on the podcast. Is this your first time doing any sort of podcast? This is, yeah. Wow. Okay, well, I'm excited to be here for this very grand <laughs> occasion. Uh, why don't you do this before we get into today's topic? Can you start by just telling our listeners a little bit more about maybe you, maybe where you went to school and why you decided to uh, to work on staff with, with CEO? I'd love to know what you studied as well when you were in, in college. Yeah, no, I mean, I went to school at Barry College up in Rome. All right, um, represent. And, and yeah, my major was one of those weird ones where you created your own. Um, oh, you created some, your own major. Yeah, I was that That's, guy in college that did, so, had right. no idea what he wanted to do. So what was it called? Because I've heard some of these before. <laughs> what was yours? It was an interdisciplinary major, and we called it Psychology of Religion, which doesn't really make a lot of sense after you <laughs> think about it. Okay. But, um, I ended up going to grad school, which was kind of the what made it made up for my interdisciplinary major. Yeah, <laughs> uh, not that my years at Barry College weren't meaningful because they especially were. But yeah, sure. I ended up going to get my master's in counseling from Reformed Theological Seminary in Orlando. That's awesome, man. Okay, and now you're back here in in Carrollton, where you're originally from. Mm-hmm. Um, we're 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 glad to have you here in Carrollton, man. And um, it's it's so nice to have you on the podcast today. We are going to be covering a topic today of extreme importance, um, something that is um, remarkably relevant to our culture and our society at whole. Um, and everybody who is listening right now has already seen the topic because I post it um, and you can see what we're going to talk about. So I'm not going to delay it any further, but we are essentially going to be talking about pornography today. Um, so now, Joel, I'm sure everyone that is listening is familiar with what pornography is, uh, but just in case, without being too graphic, could you could you do your best to just simply define pornography for our listeners? And and really, when did when did pornography start, or at least uh, when did it become so prevalent in our society and culture today? Yeah, I mean, there's no really easy way to start a podcast on pornography. (laughs) Um, but I mean, pornography, um, porn is just essentially explicit, sexually explicit photos, videos, any other content that is intended. Um, the, the purpose of it is for sexual arousal excitement. And, um, and so I think when we think of pornography, the, the first thing that comes to mind is the internet, right? I mean, that's when it really became, um, so prevalent in our culture and our society. Uh, 1993, most of you who are listening were, uh, not even born, <laughs> not yet. even born yet. Um, but the internet became, uh, internet pornography became public. Um, the gateway, the access to it became so easy. And, and so, um, before that date, if, if you wanted to get pornography, you, you basically had to stumble upon it. You had to, um, accidentally find your, your dad's secret stash, um, or a friend, um, showed you, uh, something that he found, or you had to be 18, um, and and buy it from a gas station. And and that was really awkward. Um, but you know, after the internet came out, you know, most, most Americans at that point, uh, you know, bought, 
um, one of those huge desktop computers and um, America Online was invented. And, and so, you know, you had dial up computers, but, you know, then, um, you know, so, you know, fast forward to 2006, uh, Apple creates the first smartphone, um, the iPhone drops and, um, it's no longer sneaking down to a family computer or logging on, you know, um, but access became mobile mm-hmm. and you could go anywhere. Um, we, you, you could go anywhere you want to and you could access it anytime you wanted to. And, you know, even since 2006, I mean, everyone knows technology is advancing at just a rapid pace and the download speeds, the, you know, the videos are, you know, it's easier to upload, you know, it's shifted from, you know, photographs to explicit videos. Now tens of thousands of websites are full of libraries that, you know, contain years worth, literally years worth of pornography. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, there's, there is just such an easy way to access it across the board. So, um, Joel, let me ask you this, uh, in the Bible, we learn that sin is bad and it's offensive towards God. That being said, um, anyone who is, has, has ever struggled with pornography or is currently struggling with pornography understands that there is something even darker about this particular sin. Mm -hmm. So could you tell us a little bit more of why that is? Yeah. I mean, there's, if, if you are one of those people struggling with pornography right now, I mean, you know that it it just feels like it's such a deep, um, dark struggle. And there's so much shame and guilt around pornography. I mean, so much shame and guilt. And it's just so hard to talk about it with people. It's so hard to confess. It's so hard to bring it up in conversation. I mean, um, to tell someone that you are struggling with pornography, looking at pornography, and that you need help has got to be one of the hardest things to do. It is so... Um, goes against everything we are, you know, to, to confess that. And, um, you know, the Bible also talks about pornography is, um, a sexual sin that is against our own body. Um, you know, sexual immorality is against your own body. And so what that means is there, there is a lasting physical, emotional, spiritual impact of pornography. Um, I mean, I think about it like this, you know, every time someone looks at pornography, um, I mean, if you really look at the biological impact that it has, it is very much um, like a drug. It is there's a release there. There is a um, there's this spike in dopamine, and it's addictive. And and the more and more you um, run to pornography, um, the more and more you need to get the same high to get the same level of spike, you know, of the dopamine release. And, you know, it also, you know, like I mentioned before, the, the lasting impact emotionally is that it, there's so much guilt, there's so much shame, and that that leads to depression. Um, and that's, So, I mean, think about that, that one instance that you're looking at pornography, you know, several days later, you might be struggling with depression still. And so it's, it's a lasting impact. You might become anxious. You know, what if I'm caught? What if I'm, what if someone finds out that this is what I'm struggling with. And I mean, you can only imagine the spiritual impact. I mean, think about how much just the enemy um, feeds us lies. You know, um, 
I can't read my Bible right now. Like, God doesn't even love me. He doesn't want a relationship with me. I'm too dirty. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the, just the impact. Is it, is there's so much darkness surrounding pornography. Yeah, man, that's a, that's a great way to say it, um, just the amount of darkness that's surrounding it. And I think I appreciate what you said about the, uh, the drug-like effect it has and just the addiction it can cause. Um, I mean, even outside of Christian circles, like it, it pornography doesn't obviously, this probably isn't a newsflash to anybody who's listening, but pornography does not just affect Christians, right? Uh, that's obvious. And I would say in light of that, Joel, what could you tell us about how uh, pornography has affected culture and society, I mean, across the board? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think one way um, that it's impacted our culture is I think we've become numb to it. Um, I think the Bible, um, what the Bible describes as sexual morality has become so normal in our in our culture. Um, we um, we see it everywhere: TV shows, movies, magazines. Um, it's it's impacted, you know every industry in some ways because sex sells it's what is popular it's what is profitable and um because a majority of our population i mean i would say most people have viewed pornography and a, a lot of people are addicted to it uh, we've become so numb to it we've become numb to what um is what sexual immorality really is and um and then i would say um, the one that I think is maybe a little bit deeper and a little bit more even painful for me to even talk about is the porn industry. It's driven by users. And so we would say, you know, porn doesn't exist um, if people aren't, if people don't watch it. Um, and um, but what we're what we're not asking um, is that what, what kind of impact does this does the use of porn have on our world? What? What kind of impact does the astronomical use of porn have in the world? Like, what what does it drive? And and so I think the the correlation that I've been really struggling with, the, just the more I've read about it, and um, is the the correlation between pornography and sex trafficking. Um, and so I, I know that's a, probably a big jump. Um, no one would say sex trafficking is a good thing. Everyone hates sex trafficking. And if you look at statistics globally, I mean, it is um, just awful. And and so, but but here, let make this connection, okay? okay? So the more we have access to porn, the more we've used porn, and the more we use porn, the more the demand is. So where's the demand? Uh, the demand has to be supplied, right? Right. And so the more supply um, to meet the demand. So does that make sense? So. Yeah, so I'm tracking. Yeah, so if porn didn't didn't exist, yes, there would probably still be sex trafficking, and that's horrible. But the demand would be much much lower. So what what's horrific is that the largest porn site has countless indictments for videos posted on their website um, that people are currently watching as I speak right this second um, of men and women who are being forced to have sex on camera. Uh, and you may think that, hey, pornography is not a big deal, but um, there are men and women who are enslaved right now. They are, um, they have been trafficked um, and used for pornography. And, um, and you may think that they've chosen to be there in those cameras, but that's not always the case. And that just makes my heart break, honestly. Yeah, man. 
Well, Joel, it's not an easy topic. And um, again, we're thankful you're, you've come on to talk with us about it. I think something that is helpful about what you said, though, and I want to maybe even circle back, you know, I think it's a lot for me in my own experience and my own struggles throughout my whole life of struggling with pornography, something that has really helped is understanding and making that connection to the impacts of pornography across, across the globe. Right. Cause in one sense, a lot of people would say skeptics to maybe some of the things we're saying would actually say, you know, Hey, I'm not really hurting anything by accessing pornography. It's, it's a solo thing. I'm doing it by myself. There's nobody around. What, what's the problem? But when you really make a connection to everything you just mentioned and how it really it, – it, it drives an entire industry to enslaving people um, literally, right? Not just, like in, not just enslaving people to look at their phones more, which it does that too, mm-hmm. or to look at the, their computers and to get more porno- pornographic content. It certainly does that too, but literally enslaving actual people and to, to in sex trafficking. Um, I think that's, that's what I'm trying to say is when I first realized that the actions that I did in secret, you know, um, further advance this industry, it, it helps mm-hmm. a lot. It helped me a lot to, to understand just how dangerous this is, mm-hmm. not only for myself, but for everyone and for society as a whole. Yeah. You know, now this is a bigger question, right? Because we're living in a world where everything's individualistic. So it's hard mm-hmm. for me, for a lot of people to kind of come to that conclusion, but that's probably a rabbit trail. Let me try to keep us no, focused yeah. here, Joel. That's uh, so good though. Let me try to keep us focused here. Um, Obviously, we've talked about what pornography is and how dangerous it is, but let's try to get a little more specific for our audience, the people that are listening. Why is it so important for college students to know all of this? Why would we take the time to really even have an, an episode in this podcast dedicated to pornography? Yeah, I mean, we, um, I mean, one of the, our mission with Campus Outreach is we want to build laborers, um, on the college campus for the lost world. And so uh, I read this article by Campus Ministry today. You know, it's a, it's a website geared for college students. And it was creatively titled, The Harvest is Plentiful, but the Laborers are Addicted to Pornography. Wow. And, um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think it's a huge problem uh, for Christians and Christian leaders because we're addicted to pornography. And um, I believe, you know, pornography is... is got to be the top thing that's preventing Christians from experiencing deep um, is preventing college students from um, experiencing deep, meaningful and personal relationship with God. And secondly, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I would say college students, when I look at college students, I'm like, these are the future leaders of our country, our church, our world. And pornography is debilitating college students. It's debilitating Christian leaders or future leaders, um, just like the ones that are listening to this podcast. You know, so, I mean, for example, I mean, uh, I've talked to so many students that, you know, struggle with pornography and they feel like hypocrites and they're disqualified from leading. How, how can I share the gospel mm. with my roommate or my teammate? Uh, how can I talk about Jesus with them when I'm absolutely imprisoned by pornography, when I am struggling with this? So, deeply. And, uh, I mean, just some statistics from last year. I mean, this is, 
disturbing. But the the number one porn site again, they they proudly report these statistics. By the way, they they are so proud of these statistics. They they say, look at what we've done every year. Sure, and absolutely. it's gotten the statistics have increased every single year. And so this is what they reported last year so proudly. They said. 42 billion visits to the website last year. This one porn site said we had 42 billion visits, unique users come to our website last year and averaged more than 115 million per day visits to this website. And that's just one. That's just one of thousands of tens of thousands of web pornography websites. And so the, the freedom fight, which is a great organization uh, website, they surveyed, College students, they surveyed um, 1,200 college students, and what they found is that 9 out of 10 men, um, college guys, um, watched pornography regularly. 60% watched it weekly, 40% watched it monthly, and it's not just guys. Uh, this, is, this is also something that affects our female students that are listening. You know, This is true of half of the Christian female students that they surveyed that they watched pornography regularly, weekly, monthly. And these statistics increase every year with college students. And one thing that I think was really, um, I knew this was going to happen. You know, when when um, we had our lockdown, COVID-19, mm. um, I knew that this would be one of the biggest struggles that college students and, and others faced. And this website <laughs> reports a 12% increase during the lockdown. They oh, wow. they um, are really proud of that that you know when oh the the, the that particular pornography website um, I, I believe so yeah okay I think okay. that's the statistic yeah. yeah so yeah it went up Jeez. yeah it, there was a spike um, you know in March 2020 um, that more and more people began to have uh, become more addicted to this sure jeez yeah those are some um, sobering statistics there Joel. Why don't we do this, man? We'll kind of wrap it up here. Um, uh, what would you... Um, i trying to think of how to ask this. What would you say to someone who is... I'm sorry. I'm, sure, I'm really trying to find the best way to ask this question. Um, <laughs> maybe I can go back and edit some of this. <laughs> I, I probably won't. I probably won't. Um, what do you think are the things that tend to lead people to access pornography or, you know, maybe some of the things that trigger people to run to use to to pornography, um, and maybe what's going on underneath the surface with that. You know, um, does that make sense? The root, yeah. the kind of the root of this struggle. Yeah, I mean, I think this is where we got to get to. Um, it's not enough. Uh, it's not enough just to. Um, you will not have the strength to do this. <laughs> you you got it. You can't just have accountability. You can't just have these like you know, steps to defeating pornography, you, you really got to get to the root. And so here's where, here's where I think you, you got to take it. Um, go back to, you know, what are our true longings? Like what are, what are we each longing for? And I think to summarize it, I think we're each longing to be fully known and fully loved. You know, we long to be loved and we long for people to fully know us, to care about us. And, and this, that longing is good, and it's given by God. That is a good longing, okay? Um, there's a quote by a guy named Bruce Marshall. He says, the young man, um, and I think we could also add, and woman who rings the bell at the brothel 
is unconsciously looking for God. That's a, that's a, that's a powerful quote. The young man who rings the bell at the brothel is unconsciously looking for God. And so, I mean, I think we're all, what we're really longing for is that connection. We're longing for love. And so every fiber of our being was made to enjoy a relationship with God. And the problem is that we often try to meet that good desire by going to something that will not fulfill the deeper longings of our heart. And um, porn, you know, it promises, it makes this false promise that it's going to fulfill us, that there's going to be this, we're going to experience connection. But it's, it's just not the answer um, to our longing. It's, it's one of these broken cisterns that the prophet Jeremiah tells Israel. You know, he says in Jeremiah 2.13, uh, my people, they've committed two sins. They forsake me, they've forsaken me, the spirit, uh, the spring of living water, and they've dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. And here's, here's what I think happens. And I remember this specifically. I mean, I've asked this question to so many students. Like, um, you know, when you look at pornography, what are you longing for in that moment that that person or those people would say to you? What What are you longing for? And I think the women and men in pornography videos are communicating something along the lines of, I want you and I need you. I love you. I mean, think about how beautiful that is to our ears, right? We long, if we long to be wanted and known and loved and pornography, you know, videos are communicating, I love you and I want you. I mean, that is music to our ears. And so, but the reality is, is that these men and women, they're speaking to a camera and to an audience of billion. Um, they don't love you. Hmm. Um, they don't need you. Um, and, and you and I long for authentic relationships. We long for authentic intimacy and connection and, and pornography is not authentic. It's not real. It's a broken cistern and it's never actually going to give you the water, but what it will give you is guilt and shame. And, and I, I'll say it again, it's, it's not going to be enough. Porn is not enough. Hmm. That's good, Joel. Any anything else you'd like to share um, before we kind of wrap things up here? Yeah, I mean, I I think there's so many triggers that you know lead people to look at pornography. Um, I mean, the longing I think that we just mentioned is is kind of what's at the root there. But I mean, kind of going just above the surface, I would say there's a lot of things that trigger us, you know. And the two biggest ones I've seen amongst college students is that they're triggered by loneliness and anxiety. Loneliness and anxiety. So they're experiencing a lot of that probably right now um, as they go home for Christmas break. You know, they, they've experienced um, isolation from maybe their Christian friends, their community, their church um, that they attended and were a part of. And now um, we're in the midst of uh, a pandemic where there's a lot of anxiety. And so... Um, you know, the, the great correlation I, you know, I made earlier is like, you know, I mean, what time in our, our life, uh, are we struggling with those two things, you know, loneliness, anxiety. And so, um, you know, pornography, it, it's a, it's a false relationship and there's no risk. So hmm. if you are lonely and you're anxious, we think, Hey, 
you know, I can always turn to this. It's never going to turn me down. Mm. And wow. that, yeah. that's just hard. I mean, we, but what we really need is we need to come to the feet of Jesus and, and find rest and true connection. Amen. Well, Joel, listen, uh, we did not give you an easy assignment to come on here for your first time ever doing a podcast <laughs> to talk about pornography. Um, but, um, you've done a great job and I think, um, it's going to be a big blessing for everyone who's listened. Um, this is just part one of this discussion. We're going to actually, uh, hit stop here. I'm going to save this podcast. We're actually going to record another one that's going to be released. Um, pretty, um, pretty much right after this first one. But, you know, we just talked a lot about what pornography is and the effects it has on us. But next, we're going to be uh, talking about really how to fight it, how to overcome it, and how to see victory um, in the midst of this struggle. So if you're listening and you want to hear more, if you want to know now, like, how to actually fight this sin, please uh, come back for part two of this discussion where we will be addressing that. So for my good friend Joel... Yeah, uh, this is T-Roll saying thank you once again for listening. We will see you next time for another episode of the Campus Outreach Podcast. Take care. Take care.